quiet up and listen down. Nope, scratch that, reverse it. Mr. Wonka, I can see you're a man of great ingenuity. What are you doing? I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? Dark, white, nutty, absolutely insane. Many people have come here to sell chocolate. They've all been crushed by the chocolate cartel. You can't get a shop without selling chocolate, and you can't sell chocolate without a shop. No daydreaming. What are we gonna do, Wooly? You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. What's going on, man, fam? It is uh, your boy, Richard, here. Uh, you know if I'm hosting, the other guys have had a week because, you know, they don't they don't let me out much. But uh, I'm here with the whole crew. I'm here with Brian. I'm here with Kent. We're here. Um, we're talking. We're talking Wonka. Um, but before that, how are we how are we doing? How's how's the, how's, the, how's the holidays going? It's good. I'm ready for Christmas. Ready for what we've all been waiting for all year, guys. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I hope there's like a couple of Christmas. Just how are they going to handle the Amber Heard situation? That's all I want to know. <laughs> I don't even care about Christmas. My Christmas is Friday when when Cooper and I go to see Aquaman, uh-huh. the Lost Kingdom. You know, <laughs> honestly, here's where my brain's broken. I hope it uh-huh. makes eight hundred million dollars. <laughs> Because I, I still want think them it's going to make. They, well, I think it's going to make money. Right? It, I, I just, think it's going to be fine. It's just even, funny to look at the slate as yeah. we gear up for Christmas weekend. It's usually like, oh man, there's going to be some heaters, and that's the heat this year is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So have fun. I just America think it's great because even they are like, even like the executives and like people on the movie, are like this is going to be the end of the DCEU, and you know, even they're saying it. And it would be great yeah. if this one was like it beat avatar 2 just really confuse everybody yeah, just mess with them like should we keep this going is three bill in in play here like i don't this like is... that's what i'm ready for i hope this is the big i hope this makes barbie look like you know dan in real life and and we just confuse wb for another year because i'm a fan of buy up every willem dafoe action figure be like man he really loved this <laughs> character like, killed we didn't know it didn't even test like we were yeah. planning on a 30 million opening weekend and it did 195 <laughs> <laughs> i almost it almost makes me want to go like pay and see it more to, so that that can happen just to confuse everyone at dc even and more. they just like work chaos. jason momoa into the matt reeves batman they just <laughs> they don't know what else to do it's like this is all we have well uh fellas i'm actually speaking to you outside my house right now uh can't hmm. do this the way i want to yeah i'm gonna try anyway i'm camping out for rebel moon part one oh, but i'm camping out call. at my house because i had to watch it yeah i gotta watch it on netflix mm-hmm. so next nice. best thing to being mm-hmm. in the theater with my dude don't waste your time chair. dude you got to see the yeah. director's cut yeah i'm not oh, even really? interested until i can see that director yeah because yeah. he was so mm-hmm. just cut out the knees by the ted sarandos right held a gun to his head and made him make a lot of bad edits well, that's what a lot of people aren't saying and so once he has you're not gonna understand the context of the character yeah you know it needs yeah. to be at least each part has to be at least four and a half hours long and that's the studio's mm-hmm. fault for not letting that happen right and you gotta let him cook you know that's mm-hmm. the thing you get if you're gonna bring in the snides you yeah gotta let him cook and- yeah you gotta at least let him buy the gr- groceries like bill parcells you know <laughs> 
That's right. Yeah. And those groceries are creatine packets and hot cocoa. Glad everything's going well, Brian. You having a good holiday season? Or you, uh, yeah. you have a good you you due to your work. You ever always have a pretty good break. So you are you in that yet? I or are you getting close to that? Yeah, my last day was. I had my work team party on Thursday of nice. last week, so I had to be there. I was there till after lunch, and then uh, yeah, came home and then you go you go back the day after my Easter. Put my away message up, and I'm I'm off until the third. And I this is this is one of the top three reasons of why I stay in this job because yeah. it's. It's real nice to have a little break because January, February is the busiest time for me. Okay. It's really basketball is a killer and I'm super tired and stressed out. All the, all the uh, human interaction is pretty tough on me, you know, so, yeah. cause I don't like people all that much anyway. Uh, so getting a little rest this time is, is very nice. Big time for me. Speaking of people that don't like people very much, Hugh Grant is in Wonka. <laughs> so I needed a segue there. We're here to talk some Wonka and this is one I was excited for. I like Paul King a lot. We're Pat. We we're part of Paddington Nation on this here pod. Mm-hmm. We ride for, uh, we ride for the P man. Uh, that sounded worse than I meant it. Um, Paddington and Paddington too. So he this, has asked that we stop calling him that. Yeah, we won't. We're not gonna. Here's some trivia. At, what is the origin country of Paddington? Isn't it South America there itself. Yeah, yeah. It's like Peru. Yeah, right? you're right. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. think England. But it's, yeah. uh, he's Peruvian. So we're fans of, of this. And we, you and I were excited, Brian, because there was at one point our boy, uh, oh, shoot, I'm blanking on his James name. James Franco. Our, what's, no. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Spacey. Even, that's not even funny. Uh, the writer he's you and I love. Mentioning your boys. Oh. Um, uh, Simon Rich. Simon Rich oh, was, yeah, yeah. had done a, oh, okay. a pass okay. on the screenplay. And that was, we were I like, forgot about I don't want to yeah. see another Wonka, but if I do, the Simon Rich version, <laughs> right. that ended up right. getting passed on for this version, which I, that's like, was annoying until it was like, oh, it's the Paddington guy. Yeah, that's a way probably yeah, more marketable sure. idea. Than, Absolutely. Yeah. Than, than Simon Rich. But <laughs> two weirdos in North Richland Hills, Texas that are going to be upset yeah. by this, but everyone else. Yeah. yeah. Simon Rich's Wonka starring Chris Fleming. And you and I are like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so so this one podcast really loves these guys. We are that one, that might pass guys. MacGruber as my my yeah. favorite movie ever. That happened. Um, he's already got the wardrobe and everything. He's perfect. Chris Fleming should be Wonka. If we make another one, if we keep doing this like WB does, there should be a Chris Fleming version, a, a Wonka verse. But once I saw everything was involved with this, I was excited. I am, I am the rarest thing. And I've, Brian, you and I have talked about this because I think even more so than you, um, it's, I always think about this when it comes to LeBron. I am the rarest LeBron person in that I, I don't hate nor, nor love. I, I'm, I'm like mm. authentically neutral on LeBron. There are some seasons I've rooted for him, some seasons I have not. And, you know, it, it pretty much bounces that out. And that is exactly as I am with Sh- Chalamet, meaning okay. he's totally okay. fine to me. He's been good in a lot of stuff, but I don't like, I feel like a lot of dudes our age really hate him because their their wives are into him and that bothers mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's a lot of people that are just like, act like he's the next Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm not either of those things. I just think he's a fine young actor and I'm, I'm fine. So I didn't really care about him being cast in either direction, but I was excited about the supporting cast and all that, obviously my boy Hugh. So, and then the trailer came out for me mm-hmm. and I thought it looked really good. Like I love the aesthetic exactly what i wanted 
I thought the kind of whimsy was perfect, and I thought Chalamet was really flat. And I thought, oh yeah. no, you got to have a. That seems like a character you got to really have the charismatic lead. And and so then I got nervous about it. But then the buzz started being good. I tried to avoid the buzz and everything, and but it was still good. So anyway, I came into this kind of kind of nervous about Chalamet, not as a hater again, but as a like uh, this might not be the right spot for him. He was great in Dune, for example. Anyway, that was my thing. I'm going to go to Kent first. What was your anticipation for this? Not a high level of anticipation. I think we talked about this on the trailer discussion in our Movie News Rumors rumblings episode back in the summer that felt a little Oz the Great and Powerful to me uh, with just the idea of doing a prequel movie on a character no one really asked for a prequel on. And then this big corporation getting behind it, all the marketing involved. Honestly, casting Timothy Chalamet in a Willy Wonka prequel biopic directed by the director of Paddington is seems like something right out of our chat GPT segment last week. <laughs> uh, but it's not. It's a real thing that happened. Um, I'm completely neutral on this kind of movie, these uh, live action family musical types of movies. Uh, it's really hard to do them uh, you know, exceptionally well because you have to have incredible songwriting and the right casting and the right direction. Oh, there's so many factors that go into making one of these memorable or one that just kind of comes and goes. And uh, But I'm a big fan of Willy Wonka. Grew up on the Gene Wilder version, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Highly anticipated the Tim Burton one back in, I think, Same. 2000 when that came out or something. And, um, you know, it is what it is. I wouldn't say I had a lot of anticipation for this, even though I have great love and admiration for the original one. But it's mm-hmm. one of those things where Hollywood's not going to le- let it be or leave it alone if they have intellectual property rights, especially if they think they can make some money. So no different here with Wonka. Third time's a charm. And um, this seems to be doing well, I think. It, uh, mm-hmm. money. I don't know about money-wise, but... The critics seem to like it. So, yeah, it, yeah, it certainly is a shock from what the trailer was that the critics would be on board with this. Brian, what about you? Writing, the, I was kind of with you, Richard. It was, I was excited about this, and I, but my, my, my feeling was coming in, I think I'm higher on Chalamet than you are. I'm maybe not as high as um, everyone is, you know, maybe I'm not in the top 10%, but I'm maybe a little higher than you are. I was expecting when this whole thing is announced, I'm like, I love the Paddington movies. I assume that, that he will put together, uh, you know, a, a fun quality world. And I expect Chalamet will be good. And then the rest of it, I don't know. We're, I, I, I feared that we would just kind of be like, eh, I didn't really need this. And, and then that trailer came out and had the exact opposite reaction. I was like, actually, I think a lot of this is really kind of cool and could be very interesting. Could be a very fun world. I'm real worried about this with with Chalamet. Just bad clips used. Uh, there's like, there really are only a couple of moments in this movie where I felt like he was doing a Gene Wilder impression, and they're all in the trailer. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he should sue. He should sue the <laughs> the marketing team from Warner Brothers because it's awful. It's awful trailers. I think even some of like the 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 posters and the fonting and things like that is kind of bad. I don't know. It's just. They clearly did not want to sell this as a musical, which is a whole other thing. 
that I don't know if we care to get into or not, you know. Speaking of that, this, Brian. That's what we ended up with. Yeah. I, I think I saw something the other day. I was reading about this, about how Hollywood, if they make a musical, it's like this secret thing in Hollywood that they can't market it as a musical. They basically have to trick people yes. into coming there. Yeah. So yep. it seems mean like Girls this the same color way. purple movie, the fact that it's being marketed so heavily as a musical, it's probably mm-hmm. going to work against it at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and West Side Story was kind of yeah. nailing that coffin a bit. Right, Cats is the cause right. of all this. And this <laughs> didn't have much musical in the in the trailer at all, much singing at all. You expect singing yeah. with this type of thing, but it right. wasn't like come see right. the musical event of the year. None of that in exactly. the marketing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, yeah, interesting. I would say I was more excited before the trailer than I was after the trailer for sure. Um, and then the buzz started growing on this. I'm with you, Rich. It's like I try to. I try to have like one eye kind of like gaze over at the at the at the Rotten Tomato score, or like see what, ha- and it's mostly like just scanning the Discord. You know, whenever whenever something comes out, I'll I'll check our VIP Discord, and usually someone will post like first reactions, and that's kind of all I want. I definitely don't ever want a review or a podcast episode or anything like that on a movie before before I see it. But the buzz on this was so so good that it kind of was like, okay, well. Maybe this is one of those cases where the trailer and the marketing is terrible and the movie's actually really good and, and um and that's for me that's what we got. I, I, I think this turned out very, very well. Yeah, same. I'm I I like this a lot and I I'm one of those people that's kind of allergic to musicals, but I found it cut really well and it you know, inserted in, in, in Wonka, you know, has a, the original Wonka has the perfect amount of songs in it, which is why I love mm-hmm. it. I don't like musicals where it's like 29 songs i mean i get them on stage because that's what you're there to see but like in a movie you know if it yeah. if it there needs to be music in it i get it but can we get six songs that's fine in two hours like i don't need 60 mm-hmm. it doesn't all need to be sung through so this this had a good i mean there's quite a few songs in this but i don't know they were spaced out well and the the humor was great and all that and Shalma, yeah, he did a great job in this. And and uh, you're right, there are those kind of Gene Wilder impression moments. They're they're all bad, and they're all in the trailer. And and that was that's weird. Mm-hmm. Maybe the trailer editor's uh, wife or girlfriend is a big Shalma fan. You know, <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> well, I'll show them. Yeah, yeah. like this. Fool like, is that, remember that John Mulaney yeah. thing at the when he did the the uh, oh shoot the. Uh, in Independent Spirit Awards, he's talking about Timothy Chalamet. He goes, you know who else is a big Timothy Chalamet fan? My wife. My and wife. it hurts my feelings. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it did really work for me. And the world is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the kind of, and that's that's the same for the original. And we'll talk about the Depp one a bit. But the original has that. It's kind of you know the Roald Dahl thing is quasi Dickensian. Mix with mm-hmm. this like American chocolatier and a very English sensibility and aesthetic, and this did that too. You know, I think it's yeah. purposeful that they would cast an American actor in this in, a, in an otherwise quite English uh, English feeling and look in casted film. So anyway, it all worked really well for me. And you know, we all are <laughs> two grand's world. We're all just living in it, man. I mean, this is <laughs> our king the greatest movie star of my my lifetime and so anytime he's on stage in any kind of comedic or on screen any kind of comedic role i'm going to like it because i am predisposed to ride for my boy so kent uh what did you think you were not anticipating it but what do you think coming out yeah i think it's an objectively well-made movie yeah 
The well details shot. are great. King's yeah, great at that. Great production design, you know, good choreography. I think uh, all of that was great. I, I think this movie for me hinges completely on Chalamet. And I'm a Chalamet fan. I've really enjoyed him in almost everything, but I think he needs to stick to drama. I think that's what it is. I think okay. he needs to do something with some grit, with a little bit of edge. I root for him. I'm still a fan of his, but I don't know if whimsical musical is what he's made for, to be quite honest with you. Not to say it's a bad performance, but you know, I can't ignore the original Willy Wonka. I suppose you could bring your kid that's maybe never seen that, and this could be their only exposure to Willy Wonka, the character. But there's such a disconnect between, and I think this goes for Hollywood in general. We saw it the last time around. They don't know what to do with Willy Wonka. They don't know the character. They don't. They don't <laughs> understand what made Gene Wilder's performance great. What made that that character mysterious? All of that kind of stuff. And so it was just a hard sell for me to see the connection between this character of Wonka and the character that we get. Yeah. Like to me, this isn't the same. I could not picture this person putting people on a dark ride and showing them disturbing images like that. Never, you know, yeah. that just, it seems like two completely different people. Now and I'm not saying ruined. like this, this could have been part of his life at some point, but to me, there's like still a bridge to be built between Chalamet and Gene yeah. Wilder's Wonka. Like how did he go from the kid Wonka to the kind of oddly disturbing, weird, we well, don't know who this guy is. He's tricking people with fine print. He, you know, he's kind but of- But he's not is the him. thing too, right? That's revealed at the end of the movie that he's this sweetheart all along. And that's all. He's like play acting kind of this villainous mm -hmm. thing. So that's like spoiled by that movie Oh, I, I, is exactly. what's hard about it, right? But, the reveal but of the original ruins the, you can't really do brooding Wonka again because you it, you know that it was he's so excited for Charlie and picks the right kid and he's this great morality tester and yeah he murders a few kids but you know who hasn't yeah and you know you move on but but yeah that's the thing it's like the great thing about the original Wonka which is why they probably shouldn't mess with it if we're all being you know I understand there's commerce involved is that you know it's it is this great mystery who's he's kind of a villain for a lot of it it's this evil guy and he's hoarding these recipes and he has these slaves and he's right. a couple what, kids what makes die. him go into his his house for 40 years and not come out, yeah. you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. Like they're, they're still, I don't know if their plan was to do a sequel to this and yeah, we show the evolution of the character. Maybe that's it. But to me, this feels like this is how he was as a kid. And we still don't quite know how he got to where he was in, uh, when he was an adult and not to, it's a bad thing because this is Timothy Chalamet's interpretation of Wonka. Perhaps even, I should, probably should have done research on this, but perhaps Paul King said, we're throwing out anything that's ever been done on this, aside from a few nods to the original via song and costume design, et cetera. But from a story standpoint, we're treating this as, you know, we have the Roll Doll book only, and that's all we're going off of. And then then maybe this this makes a bit more sense. But yeah, just... I don't know if it's Chalamet. I don't know if it's yeah. Hollywood at large that's trying to market, but I don't know. It just still felt a little bit odd to me. And maybe again, that's just a casting thing. Maybe and if, it's a if hard adaption was, too, because it, you have the simultaneous legacy of the original Gene Wilder film, 
yeah. who the author Roald Dahl that he hated that movie. Like yeah. he thought it was such mm-hmm. a betrayal of what he did. And it's funny, you know? So how do you honor both of those legacies? Someone made something that was like to the author, very uh, a terrible adaptation. And then that movie's a classic that pretty much everyone likes across all mm-hmm. generations. Right. And so who do you try to please there? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think you try to please the, the Wilder film because like, I just think it's legacy is going to be longer than that book. And the original, yeah. it's tough because the original idea is the book or the story, but I don't know. I, I think that that movie weirdly like lives on forever. Kind of has the Mad Men thing where it kind of takes place out of time. It's like the one old movie that current kids don't mind watching, right, Brian? Like mm-hmm. Cooper probably liked this movie. He did. Yeah, right? we watched earlier this year. One of my <clears throat> one of my kids was in like a, a school production of Willy Wonka. Yeah, and uh, and one of Cooper's buddies, and so. So we we watched the movie and he yeah he really dug it it's he's he was very high on it and had a good time yeah. with it and was really pumped for this thing too so they um, like this one he did uh, right when it ended he was like the best that's the best movie of the year for him and oh then, wow that's yeah. awesome so we talked it out a little bit I think he's probably coming gonna come down on it just a little bit but yeah he was he was really into it and really hyped with it so it was a it was a good time. He's, we hadn't seen Maestro yet, so <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, or Rebel Moon, obviously. Um, he's a big snide guy, as you can tell. Uh, you guys saw his arms at, uh, at <laughs> yeah, Jesus he's party. shredded. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he could definitely beat me in an arm wrestling contest right now. This, <laughs> so here's the deal. I I uh, th- that Wilder. That's one of the all time like iconic characters, and you can't. To your point, Kent, you can't, it's not even that you can top it. You can't really even begin to touch it, I think. I think it's just such a- You can't ignore the fact that it it exists in such a prominent way in Hollywood history Mm -hmm. that acting like it doesn't exist is acting like Darth Vader doesn't exist. It's like, okay, you can pretend that he's not a character, but we all still know we've seen that. We know that, you know, mm-hmm. so we can't just erase that from our minds is kind of the thing. Yeah. So I think the way that you do that is, is for me is exactly what, what they did here. They leaned partly. It's, it's the thing of doing a prequel. You get to, you get to reset like who this person is or, or who he was uh, because you're doing, you know, whatever, 40 or 50 years, whatever it might be, 30, 40, 50 years uh, ahead of this beloved movie. But the thing that you've got to do in that in that um, that time and and on that screen is, I think at least, you got to just let that character be its own character. And and you're right, Ken. Like you can't ignore that we have this beloved character that everybody that everybody for multiple generations now uh, knows and and loves, um, and is maybe a little creeped out by. You got to kind of make this though it's its own thing instead of having Chalamet do like an impression of that character. That's what I was worried about is that we're going to end up doing that. Like the there was all these there was there was a bit of talk that they should have cast um, the bear. What's that guy? Jer- uh, Jeremy Allen White should have cast yeah. him because he looks he looks a little bit like Gene Wilder. He has this mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet is a beautiful person. Gene Wilder. And and I think uh, Jeremy Allen White, like they have sort of um, an off kilter. It's like mysterious vibe. Yeah, yeah. Ch- there's a charisma. Gene Wilder's charisma is more the selling point than his actual attractiveness. I think, 
and I think the same can be said for this guy. So that's the whole point of the of the 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 complaint or the meme or whatever. Like I should have cast this guy. I think that would have been a terrible idea because I think the entire movie you would have spent your time thinking about Gene Wilder instead of what's actually happening on on the screen. And so for me, I think that it's a fair point to say that maybe Shalom. I like Shalom quite a bit in this. I'm I'm more than fine with it. It's a B plus to A minus performance in this role, I think. For me, the key to that though is that within about it's like ten minutes in, I spent maybe I spent ten minutes with my brain doing this jump, this back and forth thing of like thinking about Gene Wilder and this movie that we all love and every single person has seen, and then here's a different interpretation of this character. And then after about 10 or 15 minutes, my brain stopped doing that for the most part. And I, that is a tribute. I, that is a credit, I think both to Chalamet and to Paul King for creating a new vision for this character that doesn't go in, doesn't like fly in the face of what the original character was. Um, but is again, especially helps with your doing a prequel kind of thing. You can, you can extrapolate this out to, all right, I don't know how he turns into the person that he is, who's been locked away in his in his uh factory for years and years and years before they open the 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 doors there and do the golden ticket and all that kind of stuff and you can whatever part of of that character in the original is like an act that he's putting on for the kids versus what part is he is sort of a recluse and sad and angry or whatever else that hasn't come yet and so you get to recast that character in a different light in a positive light to make him hopeful and inquisitive and all this other stuff that goes along with the weirdness and the eccentricity and the, the whimsy, if you want to go that route and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a brilliant choice to make the character so much different than what you see for the majority of that movie. And to just allow Chalamet to do his own thing other than again, there's like two or three moments and I have no idea why in the world we went with all those in the trailer credit to to him for for figuring out how to how to do this role in a way that is um not only like i don't even know if homage is the right word but like it doesn't it doesn't do anything to go against that character really in my opinion but it also um you he gets a chance to like kind of make it his own and i love that i, th- I think it, i think it worked out I wish really he, well he'd gone point. a little more michael jackson to honor my <laughs> right right yeah just be a little bit creepier yeah. dude that I'm seemed really like such creepy. a good idea at the time too i was so high on depth off that's fresh off pirates right uh-huh yeah and then yeah. it's just like oh i go minute into that movie, movie i was yeah. like oh no <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the this great supporting cast we have um sally hawkins who's awesome in this and she manages to not have sex with a fish which i appreciated in this in this <laughs> film um and then we have King and Michael Key. We have just kind of a murderer's row of, of comedic, you know, supporting actors and actresses. So um, how did how did the overall casting work for you? Hugh Grant as well. Obviously, we talked about that. I really liked King and Michael Key's bit. Same. I thought that was a funny thing to keep coming back to how they're bribing him with chocolate and he keeps gaining weight. And by the end of the thing, he can't even get out of the police car. I liked that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makeup was a little, uh, great on simple that. Simple gag. You know, Olivia Coleman. Yes. The goat. The goat. She's so freaking good. Yeah. And Sally Hawkins just makes me, in a good way, just weep with yeah. sympathy. All the characters she plays, you just feel for. So mm-hmm. it's a natural casting there to be Willie's mother and to have that sympathetic 
thing. Uh, and then we did Love Actually. We're doing Love Actually, I should say, on the VIP uh, episode this week. So big week of Rowan Atkinson and Hugh Grant for us. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, right. just full, <laughs> full on get a full taste of what those guys bring to the table. Uh, yeah. Did, did I ever tell you my, my Rowan Atkinson when I was in Europe story, my, the most genius multicultural idea ever. I was, I so. my, my wife and I went to on our honeymoon, went to Valencia, Spain and Barcelona, Spain. We flew to Valencia cause it was a lot cheaper and trained up to Barcelona. We did like five days in each city. So, but we had to connect in Paris. So we get, you know, basically the equivalent of a Southwest flight or a Ryanair flight or whatever from, De Gaulle in Paris to Valencia. And it's like the most multicultural plane ever. You know, it's like 20% American, 20% English, 20% French, 30% Italian or Spanish. You know, it's like a bunch of different languages. It's like a two and a half hour flight. Get up in the air, the monitors pop down, and it's just two hours of Mr. Bean. And I was like, how smart is this? Don't need any language. Like, oh, we yeah, just, the most everyone laughed comedy. on the plane. Everyone had a great time. It was like every like kind of multicultural international flight, this should just be the go-to because it's just like it's just two hours of being. People were just dying laughing. No one was looking at their phones. No one needed we the guy next to me didn't I did not speak the same language. We had a great time together. It was a great, great moment in my life. I always think fondly of Rowan Atkinson for that. It's great. Big fan of of Bean. So it's always weird to see him talking in, in movies. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. He's, the priest character is really funny in this. He's good. Great bit. Well done on that. Um, yeah, supporting cast is great here. So even like the chocolate cartel. Yeah. I don't know those three from many sure. stuff, many things. I mean, like bridesmaids with with Matt Lucas and a couple of sure. things. Like all three of them are people that you've seen in other movies or whatever. But they were great. Their their whole the collection of those three was really great. And the, the music, the, the, the dance song and dances that they did were very funny. Well done. Really well done on that front, but it's freaking Olivia Coleman. Like how, yeah. I mean, I love when a, and Hugh Grant falls into this category too. It's just Olivia Coleman might be the best working actress right now, Ooh, like sure. across the entire industry. And she is willing to not slum it. I mean, she's going all in yeah. on this character. It's not a cameo. It's not the Matt Damon thing, but the willingness to play a, a role like this when she could just continue trying to get more Oscars and she would deserve them because she's so stinking good. Uh, but yeah, to, to show up in this and to be able to get a, a an actor of her caliber for this very silly, funny role is, gosh, it's so good. I love when that happens. I love when an actor is willing to do that, that kind of thing. And then, of course, Hugh Grant is in... Oompa Loompa costume. <laughs> and hated Why it. couldn't they dress him like and an Oompa Loompa so and shrink him down? Why did they have to do this weird face replacement thing? <laughs> yeah, was, I know. It was weird. I know. I d- and probably why is the Oompa Loompa a, a foot tall? And like, he probably agreed to be in... Dis- would not put makeup on, probably. That was probably... <laughs> they, it. Um, they probably just... Maybe. I liked it. I thought it worked. I thought it was a... He's it was the man. His timing is... Perfect awful. level of... Uh, extra weirdness like if it, i'm glad that he wasn't in the movie the whole time right just tagging along and yeah and being in the background of some of these these scenes and being sort of unnecessary to it the the way that they did it he doesn't come in until over half of the movie yeah. I, I i guess uh and and that's it's perfect it's it's really funny it's used very well he pops up in a few scenes he has a couple of key moments i wish they hadn't marketed uh, it as much 
I do too. I wish it hadn't been reveal. in the trailer at all. It would have been hilarious. Yeah. To see, you just hear like the whistle or something yeah. instead of actually seeing and knowing who it is. Yeah. I would have been really cool. But then yeah. you couldn't have him doing the press tour. And that's like, true. Yeah. It's true. Fair point. That's, true. that's what we're all here it's for. Not worth it. If you can't have him do the press tour, why do you get <laughs> he, Hugh Grant? He was you know? on the best is, uh, he was on, I don't know if you've seen the YouTube of him on Drew Barrymore, her show, which is still on for some uh-huh. reason. Yeah. Which is great because they did that movie together and, uh, yeah. you know, didn't get along great. <laughs> But they've since made up, you know, that's kind of his move. And she asked him all these like dumb daytime talk show questions. And it's like, do you ever get hangry? And he's like, what's that? And it's like, when you're, when you're, uh, when you get in a bad mood because you're hungry and he goes, oh yeah, I do. I definitely, yeah, absolutely. And then I get really angry after I've eaten as well. (laughs) And then he he does like 10 minutes on all the foods that make him mad after he eats them. (laughs) Here's, we really wanted to go dark with, uh. Our Wonka prequel, we should have just made the Grandpa Joe prequel. Yeah. <laughs> He's just stealing candy from kids. Hugh Grant mm-hmm. could have done that. Yeah. Punching kids would've... in the face, <laughs> pretending to be you Uncle know, disabled. F- Grandpa Joe or Uncle Frank? You got to spend a, f- a week vacation with one of them. What do you, where, where do you go? Grandpa Joe. You'd rather do be with Grandpa Joe? Oh, no. I mean, that's the one I would not want to. Oh, you you'd know, kill Grandpa Joe. Joe. Yes. All right, F. Mary yeah. Kill, Grandpa Joe, <laughs> Uncle Frank, and um, greatness. Um, yeah, so I want to go a little bit onto the because it's so much of it. Did the the overall we talked we touched on it, but I want to we'll talk about it a little more. Did the overall aesthetic work for you? Like, did this 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 world something? Yeah. Did you leave wanting to spend more time in this world? Not necessarily a sequel, but like that's what yeah, you want. Was like, I did? Yeah, same. I thought it was great world building. I thought. Um, all this sort of, uh, and I, I don't know that I've ever read this book. I read a lot of, of doll books yeah. growing up, but I haven't in, you know, 30 years almost at this point, I guess. I can't remember if I ever read this one or not. I loved this setting being sort of ambiguous and having Parisian inspiration and German inspiration. And, um, and then I don't know, like sort of <laughs> Pittsburgh inspiration, you know, I, I, I thought it was cool. I thought and and the had a very Piccadilly Circus of, feel. The, uh, the yeah, totally, part. totally. And I just thought the concept of the chocolate cartel and their silliness was very funny. That was a great bit, and and so all of the all of the world building around that with like their headquarters being underneath the church and these chocolate obsessed uh, priests and everything. Yeah, I, I think the world is really good. Like, I, that was a. I don't know if it was a bonus, but it was definitely a, a a very a strong part of of this whole thing that I was I was really happy to see that come through. It was great great world building for me. Kent, you're the, you're the designer of the three of us. Did it did it work for you? Yeah, it did. I I wished it was more colorful. I wish they'd gotten to Wonka opening okay. his shop earlier in the movie because it was an hour mm-hmm. in before we get any real color, and that's what I do remember about about the original was even even in the non factory stuff it still was like shot in the daytime outside i mean it's very very bright colorful sure. experience throughout uh so i did like when we eventually got there wish we would have spent more time in the shop itself felt like a very short sequence a little song and dance and then uh mm-hmm. and then we're out but yeah i think the production design was super unique because you can go a lot of different directions with this. You can go the Tim Burton, just completely insane 
almost surreal, or you can go the original, which is just shoot it in a real town and call it uh, Wonka's Factory. So this seems like a good cross-section between them. And I imagine this will be up for some awards at the end of the year, production design, costume design. I hope so. It's one of the best uh, I thing, saw all year. Things like that. But what did you guys think of the music? I give it a, like, a, just the music, I would give, like, a B, B minus. But I hate music in, in movies. So the yeah. fact that that's probably an A for most people. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really good. A couple better than others, but. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was used. Number one, I thought the songs were pretty good, and number two, I thought they were used. I thought they were an appropriate number of songs in the movie. If that makes sense, I like. I like a mu- I've gotten to where I like a musical. I didn't years ago. I wasn't a, wasn't a musical guy. I think probably being married to somebody who loves musicals yeah. and is so into this kind of this world like probably helps a little bit. Um, I have the opposite, the exact opposite experience. But I sure, used to be fine sure. with them, and now I think because Sarah hates them so much, I hate them. <laughs> sure. So funny, yeah. Uh, but I hate when it becomes like an opera, basically. I yeah. don't like that. That's too much singing. I thought that was really well done. The, the opening number, I think, is very good. Kind of sets the tone for what you're going to get here. Um, and they are always. I was curious at what point they were going to roll out uh, pure imagination, and I think they held it perfectly to to the end. It, I would have been okay if they'd found a spot somewhere in the you know the bridge between the second and third act if that's if that uh, was was the way they wanted to go. But I, I like that it held to the end. I love that song. I think it and it has so much like emotional pull. I think for anybody who really likes that original movie, and so it was a great great way to uh, to bust that out at the end. So I dug it. Good music. What about you though, Kent? You're you're the musician. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty hit and miss throughout the best moments and were the homages to the original the Oompa Loompa song Mm. was great that it wasn't this weird Willy Wonka Willy Wonka which is what uh, Burton did they actually (laughs) just redid the Oompa Loompa song I wish they would have used more Danny Elfman though it stinks he wasn't wasn't around for this one he's a great he's Mm. a great person great dude he's got a great look going right now I wish they would have used some of the originals more. Like my favorite one from the original is the Candyman song. Yeah. From the, mm-hmm. from the candy Me shop too. in the original. So the music of the original is so good. Dude, like, like every song. I mean, again, I'm grandfathered good. in on yeah. that one, but I love that's a. The Golden a, Goose song. I mean, there's so yeah. many, so many classics yeah. in that. I did like, I, I, I did like the homages to the original. Didn't think there was too many. The. I'm excited to see them again. The most, see if there's more. Yeah, the one that I liked the most was the Violet Beauregard scene in the original, where she she has the five course meal in the gum, doing that Mm. with the security guard, but it's all alcohol. I thought was pretty yes, uh, pretty good. That was a great bit, really funny. Yeah, and to have it pay off at the end too was funny as well. Good Mm -hmm. bit. Is he a magician? What's going on there? Yeah, I think so. I think he says that he wanted to be a magician when he was a kid, and that this was sort of the 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 end result of that the chocolate making yeah combine his passion because i think before you never knew what was going on behind the scenes at the Mm -hmm. chocolate factory like is this something secret with the opalumpas that they're bringing to the table that makes this magic is this all smoke and mirrors i think there's enough evidence in this movie to say no this guy's just straight up like he makes things appear as from nowhere he's pulling things out of his hat constantly he's got these flying chocolates i mean yeah it's not the factory. It's Willie. 
Yes. I think the original leaves it sort of purposefully, I don't know if ambiguous even is the right word, but just like uh, it, it could be science. It could be the factory kind of thing. Uh, these weird things that can happen with this candy. This takes that away. Where do you, yeah. where do you fall on the end? What's one of my favorite scenes in the original is when they go to his office and he's just sitting in there and it's the you lose, you get nothing uh, mm-hmm. sequence where you kind of realize that he's not this whimsical genius, that he's just this broken human being. There is a little bit, I think, from the original, the way Wilder played that like, yeah, this I might not be magic. I might just be a normal guy who's tricked everybody into believing that I'm this chocolate god when in actuality i'm this miserable (laughs) miserable person and i think with the home life stuff in here they surely hint at that but i still like i said still think there's a bridge between this and uh what he becomes i think there's more to tell of the story like to me this is how willie opened up his chocolate factory not how willie became willy wonka does that make sense yeah agree i would agree maybe he's got a hot oompa lady Number two, mm. you know, if you've never read the book, though, it is crazy. I, I do remember reading it and the stuff, the Oompa Loompa Land stuff in the book is is wild. Yeah. So maybe okay. we get I was hoping we would get more of that. There is some of that in in this movie where you actually show him at Loompa Land stealing the chocolate and all of that. So it was cool to see that kind of come to the screen from the book. What these are so much background on that situation in the book. I did like the background on Slugworth, though, and mm-hmm. his kind yeah, of stranglehold on in chocolate and why it makes you know makes more sense now why he wanted uh, Willie's recipes and all that kind of stuff, and he's Willie's ultimate villain. So, I guess it's good to get some context for that side sure. of the story. The chocolate cartel thing was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I thought it was very well done, really funny. I'm surprised there's not one piece of candy in this movie. That they just marketed for real and sold. Doesn't that seem like the easiest sell if you're making this movie is if it's the Everlasting Gobstopper, oh, we're going to sell Everlasting Gobstoppers for people to eat or Wonka bars Mm -hmm. or whatever. There was no like item in this movie that I felt like they could just package and sell to people. Like I wasn't craving, like I usually am just craving chocolate when I watch Willy Wonka and I'm like, I need a chocolate Mm -hmm. bar right now. There wasn't like that thirst well, i guess like it's really yeah. just food porn in the original where they're showing <laughs> right. the chocolate factory you know so i guess if anything i'm surprised and maybe it's out there and i just haven't seen it but i'm surprised that the that like the target hasn't been flooded with repackaged yeah. candy you know that that has the new logo especially this time of year like why else put it at christmas so. yeah yeah i'm a little i mean i there, there's been a little bit I, I was doing like stocking stuffer shopping on friday and i got I, there was a couple things but they were they weren't they were like the normal Wonka branded candies. As yeah, far as yeah, I yeah. I saw. It. I think it it's because like, the Wonka is an actual candy company, probably. Yeah, yeah, it totally. But they, some... yeah, that's what I mean. They're like, why not? Why not roll in with? New why not have this? Yeah, why not have this peak stuff. at the end yeah. with him creating this? They, they have done it in signature Wonka though. bar, um, and then like, you can buy the yeah. exact packaging version. The IHOP stuff you know? is off. Like, yeah, I'm not an IHOP guy, but that is aggressively idiocracy. The IHOP. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And Crumble had a Wonka cookie. That's fine. Crumble can do it. Stuff like that. So 
Okay, that's fine. IHOP's but this is a movie about chocolate bar. Why agree. can't I buy the chocolate bar? That's yeah. that yeah. doesn't seem to make seems yeah. like an oversight in the marketing department. Sure. I know. With the marketing golden... on this movie, not good, as we've established. Yeah, so I think they missed yeah. a lot. Maybe they didn't think this would make money. Maybe they were scared. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a, an odd. To put it out in February because there's not a lot of competition yeah. this this yeah. holiday season, and this seems like a good family experience. I imagine it'll make a decent amount of money over Christmas. It just seems Ooh. like mm-hmm. they didn't know what they had, and they're scared. I wish it didn't this gonna come fail. out a week later. Like I wish this was the Christmas. Like yeah. on Christmas Day, we'll go see a movie. Me and me and Coop and Lindsay, and sometimes Lindsay's mom will come with us. And we're gonna end up seeing migration because it's the only newer having already seen this. And I know not everybody lives in a world where they they have to see every movie on opening weekend in order to do very. It will be interesting the legs on this, like if it has another big week next week. To that, to your point, yeah. Then, Brian. This and Aquaman would have uh, switched places. Well, in a perfect world, Aquaman would not exist. But in no, a in a perfect world, Aquaman makes seven hundred fifty million dollars opening weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have liked. I would have liked to have seen this on. And Zaslov gets yeah. seven hundred million of that as part of his deal. That's right, part of right. his. He, yeah, he, it doesn't even go to the. Doesn't even go to Warner Brothers. Account. Privately goes to him as part of his uh-huh. deal. Yeah. yeah. So then he pushes for nine more Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just comes in a briefcase of cocaine. That's it. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. even see the money. It just goes yeah. straight to him. Yeah. That's the world I want to live in. <laughs> for three months, he has an Aquaman bonus in his contract. Love it. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, it, they would have been. They probably would have been good to flip them. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one does next week and over the overall Christmas break because kids will be going to see this, etc. Mm-hmm. As they're off school, you know, in the next couple days. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Should we grade this bad boy out? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, Brian. I'll go to you first. What do you think of Paul King's? Uh, straight A for me. Really, really well done. So much better than I really expected by the time we actually got to this. Uh, I, I, I thought all the, again, I think the songs were, uh, very well timed. I thought the performance was good. Very, very heartwarming and touching, very organically emotional without feeling like terrorism. I feel like, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. And he's I, a yeah, good, sincere person. Too. He really is. Sincerity is it's hard to pull a really difficult days. thing to pull off, and he does it beautifully. So, um, I'm I'm pumped. Not that the first, I mean, the first, the the Paddington movies are so so good. I should so have good. already been like, but I'm at the point now. Where I'm like, whatever this guy does, I'm yeah, I'm gonna same. be pumped to see it from here on. Which I guess the next thing is he directing the third one? He, I, no, I think he's off of it, isn't he? That's sad. Okay, I need to. Look I remember that, that news. Didn't he get offered uh, to do this? Something? Yeah, that might be the deal. Cause it's that movie. I was I was making our twenty four schedule today. It won't be out until here. It won't be out here until beginning of January twenty five. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. He if, wrote it though. He wrote Paddington okay. in Peru, but he did okay. not. He is not directing it. Okay. Um, but he is part of the the story, and we'll see. Dougal Dougal Wilson, <laughs> That's not right. uh, who's a 
uh, directed some Coldplay videos. Um, ah, is doing this. New well, it's got Rachel Zegler, so that's all I care about. Um, yeah. What would you like to? What other property? Final question, real quick. What final property would you like to see, uh, Mr. King do? I actually, I'm serious. It'd be. I mean, I wouldn't mind if he did a Bond. Be so different, but yeah. like I think it's attention to detail, and he's so English mm-hmm. that I feel like his Bond could actually be kind of cool. That's my interesting. I'd I'd have to think on that. That's Harry Potter would be obvious too, right? Yeah. Like to see what he could do in that. Just world. turn that. Turn whatever you're gonna do over to him on that. That yeah. Be, maybe be give him. Yeah. Maybe perfect. give him the. Fantastic Beast series or whatever. You could have done something. Please like that, don't. Robin. We're good. Just start over. Don't do any more. Of those yeah, just don't do those. Just no, more, <laughs> no more Beast. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Just something else. I mean, yeah. you know, she'll tweet something and retcon something that he could make. Yeah, it's she it's could be fine. like, by make the way, it's fine. Make more movies. Don't just stop with that one. Leave that one. All right, I'm going to give this an A minus for me, just because. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I don't love that it exists, but the fact that it does and is good <laughs> is great. So, and you know, so yeah, I'll, yeah and Hugh. So, <laughs> a minus for me. Kent, what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna go straight B on it. Uh, but I'll definitely recommend this one if anybody's any family members, friends, are hit me up. What should I take my family to? This will be the one Absolutely. to tell. Them. Well, or cool. Godzilla. Absolutely, or Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla. Godzilla. Um, all right. Well, this was our Wonka. And uh, hey, boys, what do you say we hit him with one of those uh, weekly recommends that we do? Weekly recommends. Okay. Brian, what you got for us? going to recommend a movie. I don't know if you guys have heard of these. Talkies, I have not. Maybe. Um, sort of a new technology. I'm doing the big catch up to try to get as many movies in before... Our movie year ends, which, as we said last week, is like into January is when movies stop for us. It takes forever to catch up on the the seven to eight hundred movies that come out um, <laughs> on Christmas Day specifically. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm running through a bunch of movies right now in the background. Some in the background, some I'm like trying to make more appointment viewing. Um, the I'm gonna recommend, and this is a let me just give a little caveat. A lot of people hate this movie. It's pretty it's been kind of divisive. Like I've seen I've seen some reviews that are like this is the worst movie of the year. Um and then others that it's pretty popular in our Discord, so I don't think I'm alone in this. It's got a decent score. If you guys seen the uh Leave the World Behind, the Sam Esmail Esmail, whatever, the Mr. Robert I haven't guy. seen it yet. I will, okay. I will before the end of the year, but okay. I have it's not weird. I've seen the conspiracy theories though. Okay. Yeah. Look, it's weird. It's a weird movie. Um, it's not going to be for everyone. I try not to do that too often with with uh, weekly recommends, but I really dug it. I was very high on it, and it was, for me, it was one of those that I think the last, like the literal last scene is either going, for me, it went from a three-star to a four-star movie, and I think for some people it's going to be the opposite of that. So... It's kind of an abrupt, odd ending, but it's Mahershala Ali and uh, Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke, um, and if and then some other younger actors that I I didn't recognize any of them from anything, um, and they are staying at an Airbnb when possibly the world 
kind of goes, or at least the country ends and goes crazy and breaks into war. Possibly, it's not. It's not clear whether or not things are actually happening. So it's got that. Um, it's a little bit of like Ten Cloverfield Lane, a little bit like that M Night Shyamalan movie from earlier this year, where they were in the house, the ca- uh, the cabin or whatever Locked that was. Yeah. You guys remember this house at the end of the world, whatever that. Uh, it's got a little bit of that stuff, but I, I really dug it. I thought it was very well done and very well made and has the kind of psychological thriller going without being overly psychological, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it was, it's strange. If you've seen Mr. Robot, you know what to expect. This guy, he has very strange sensibilities and, um, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but it, this worked for me a lot. Wouldn't surprise me if either of you or either or both of you were like, this is terrible and it's in my end of the year. It's in my worst of the year list, but it's like at the bottom of my top 10 right now coming into the, the end of the year. So I, I really dug it. Nice. Nice. Kent, what you got for us this year? Yeah, I've got a documentary I'm going to recommend called squaring the circle. Yeah. And it's about hypnosis. The guys who made, uh, basically all the pink Floyd album covers, all the good mm. ones and Led Zeppelin, Good Those album covers or good albums? Because I could argue on no. <laughs> album covers. And well, there's plenty of those. There's none yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> exist. So that's cool. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> Trying to throw me, throw me off sides. Uh, good but discipline, yeah, Kent. good discipline. Yeah. And I mean, you guys would know him from the band of Paul McCartney, Wings. Oh, the band wow. he's known for. That's his. Own, that's yeah. his only band, right? Yeah, I think so. He's done some solo stuff too. Yeah, the yeah. Firemen. Yeah, yeah you're McCartney right. Three. You're right. Uh, and so, yeah, did that really cool. I mean, I I'm really interested in visual Four art, branding, seconds. all that kind of stuff. So it's a it's a perfect cross section between visual design and music. So if you've ever wondered how or why. Uh, album covers look the way they do what the inspiration was this is a really cool one it gives you you know how they did the dark side of the moon how they did uh, Venus and Mars from from or band on the run or any of those so uh, really cool really interesting nice and it's uh, just hit streaming I think mm-hmm. and so check it out squaring the circle is what it's called very nice all right, I'll recommend a book um, about to get meta. Uh, this is a book called Opposable Thumbs by Matt Singer, and it's a f- complete history of Siskel and Ebert. So we had Life Itself yes. years ago, the book and documentary. But I personally, as great as that book is, and documentary is even better, I always like biography more than autobiography because I like, I don't like as much, uh, you know, I like less agenda in it or less, I don't care about people's personal feelings because, you know, ask about eyewitness testimony, we're normally wrong. So, this guy's really done his homework and uh, tells the whole story of all the various iterations of at the movies and Siskel's life and Ebert's life and uh, gets really into the minutia of like negotiating how they went from public television to syndication and all the, what that meant for them and all of that. I loved it. Thought it was super interesting. And, you know, we owe those guys like this podcast forever. We should, we should tie, you know, I always say all PGA tour golfers should tie like 5% to tiger. Um, we should probably do that to the estates of, of both of those gentlemen that we have this show. So, um, definitely, uh, definitely a worthwhile read. If you're interested in the, the history of American, like not just, um, 
film criticism, uh, but also like uh, television. You know, it's a really interesting when you think about things like Crossfire and PTI and all these shows that did the Siskel and Ebert thing for in other verticals. It's really interesting. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I loved it. Posable Thumbs, Matt Singer, Siskel and Ebert. Nice. They were good. Nice. I just, uh, as you were talking, it was a good reminder because you had sent us some stuff from that earlier, I guess, last week. And I, I just, I, I bought it. I nice. It right See, one recommend already done. Yeah, I like it. The audiobook is, is Ebert's robot voice, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I do that with all, that's an option I do on all my audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Right. You can do that as a, it's an AI setting. Yeah. <laughs> or you can just get Chaz to read it. I do, I alternate. Jazz. Bono, not mm-hmm, right, right. Not, uh, not even. Not as well. <laughs> um, um, all right. Well, here we are. Uh, we did it. There's our Wonka. Um, love you guys. Great app. Great times. Uh, we're about to get into the nitty gritty. This is where we get to hang out a lot, and hopefully, you come and hang out with us because we have a lot going on. Everything starts hitting both streaming and theaters and all of that, and a lot of it's very good. So as we round out um, the the sort of movie fiscal year. Um, we'll go for probably about six more weeks, um, hopefully. And then the Oscars for some reason are about six weeks after that. So, uh, we have, we have a lot going on over the next few weeks, a lot of great episodes, both here on the main feed in the VIP channel as well, which is madaboutmovies.com slash VIP, where you not only get extra episodes, but also, uh, the fun discord and all of that. Uh, we've got some great stuff coming on. Ken mentioned earlier, we're doing love actually as our throwback this week. Uh, we've got an AMA. That we're gonna throw kind of uh, both on here, but also in the in a, you know extended things in the in the VIP. So so definitely uh, join us if you can join the VIP. Great. If not, join us on this main feed. There's gonna be a lot of content over the next few weeks. It's gonna be a lot of fun. This is my favorite time of the year to do the show. Uh, so it's it, it's it's the best the the best movies, the best conversations, the best uh, arguments are found here on the Mad About Movies feed. So until next time. Boys, I will see you at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya, the salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.